Hello everyone, this is Gilbert Jalad. I'm talking to you here from CPLSBA downtown, uh, Tufts on Tax, where all your tax questions are answered right here with Mr. T. Scott Tufts. He is the expert when it comes to tax law. Hello, T. Scott. How are you? <laughs> Good to be with you. Good to be with you too. Uh, today, I guess uh, we have an uh, unusual topic. As always, we have all these tax topics, but they go start unusual, but then they, ha they make sense, of course. I see here, go pound sand. What, what, what is that? <laughs> yeah, so we're going to have a little fun today. We're talking to our audience about um, the idea that, let's say you're an owner in a business, you're uh, owning a minority interest in the business, you don't, don't own, you don't have control, you have a smaller percentage, you're on the outside looking in, or you're not even a shareholder or partner anymore. And let's say that you then get one of these K-1s or something and you have questions about whether it's accurate or not. And we've talked in the past about Form 8082, remember that? And it yep. and it and it's the way to fight back against a K-1 that you believe is in error. So it got me thinking, what about this situation that can occur where you can't get at the supporting information, right? So what happens if you were a shareholder in an s corporation or you were a partner in a partnership or a member of an llc you're no longer there you've been let's say you've parted ways mm -hmm. and then you get the the k1 and let's say it's it's doesn't look right uh, but you've already settled with them you're out what do you think is going to happen when you go back to the company and you say can i get a copy of the tax return and, and the supporting information to take a look at and understand whether or not my K-1 is correct. What do you think? After gonna, you parted? Yeah. Hmm. You think they're going to say, sure, we'll open our books up to you and, and let you come back in after we've already settled with you? My guess they're going to say no. They might even say, go pound sand. Right? <laughs> oh, so that... <laughs> Right? Is that where it came from? Yeah. Yeah. So what does that mean? Like, well, I don't know where that came from. I don't know where go pound sand came from, but the expression people know, right? It doesn't sound nice. It doesn't sound nice. <laughs> and so it says, you know, or go jump in a lake or something like that, right? Something like that. Right. So, so, um, but are you out of luck then? Are you, are you kind of like, okay, well, I can't get it. I guess I'm, 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 there's nothing I can do. Well, you actually, the tax law actually comes to your rescue because if you were a shareholder mm -hmm. or a partner or a member and you can establish that to the satisfaction of the IRS, you show them your K-1 mm -hmm. or some of your, your stock certificate or something like that, um, you can request from them a copy of the tax return that the business doesn't want to give you. Hmm. Interesting. Does it matter how long you parted? Nope. Or, okay. Nope. What would matter, though, is that you establish that what you're asking for is does, in fact, um, apply to the year you're, yeah, the you're requesting. You've got to show them some documentation. Okay. But, but if you show them then, and the person who gets your request in the IRS believes that you are who you say you are, you've satisfied them to that 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 you are and were a shareholder member or partner at that time mm -hmm. then as to that year you can get that underlying return nice 
And so this is a concept of like our Freedom of Information Act, right? Mm-hmm. You've, you've probably seen stories where people want to get at old historical documents. They, they do a Freedom of Information Act request. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty big deal. And this area is something that we hadn't talked about before on the, on the podcast about folks having that ability. But if you, you've got to know the ropes on that, and you've got to be able to use the right form. And this is IRS Form 4506 for our audience. So in this case, yep. you have to, to get the information you want after mm-hmm. you're parted. You're going to file Form 4506. So this is kind of fun, Gilbert. Okay. There are tax <laughs> forms to get tax forms. No kidding. Yes. So so the world of forms is what I love, and so we have forms getting forms and that kind of thing. God help us. Yes. So, uh, but here's the thing, though. Once you get past that and you realize how important that could be uh, for a given situation, then, then, wow, right? Because think about it. You could be a beneficiary in a trust, and that trust could be an owner of a business. Mm Mm-hmm. And you could try and piece together what happened, even though you're on the outside looking in. Correct? Yeah. You can work your way up and do that with the IRS. So the last point I want to make then on this is that our audience needs to understand that so often we view the IRS in a negative light, our tax authorities in a negative light, um, let's say, because they're collecting taxes and you know, and, and we all understand that. But... The other thing I want our audience to understand is that the IRS is very strict on how they share taxpayer information, right? Your information. They can get in serious trouble if it's shared, you know, and whatnot um, in a way that goes outside your relationship with them. So I tell people that when it comes to the sharing of taxpayer information, it is generally between you and therefore it's like a partnership. So once you kind of say, okay, so my tax matters and what I'm doing with, within these circles of, of relationships are something that, that are attainable, right? Because it should be information you have, right? And, and so if you're a shareholder on the outside looking in, a partner in a partnership or a member of an LLC, you have this opportunity to go to the IRS and get this information and the law wants to protect it because the IRS actually wants you to have the proper information to do your return. See what I'm saying? So when we, we've talked all this time about relationships where you have this entity and it passes information through to you, and then you use that for your tax form, it should make sense to all of us that you should have more, not less, when trying to figure out these complex taxes, correct? You should have more information. So the the laws of our country in each of the states may say you can get this information and make a request, but maybe state law won't be able to, or you have to go to court and all those kinds of things. There's a separate issue going on with taxes because, see, the courts may not want to deal with taxes, right? So that may surprise you also. You go into court and say, I want your tax returns. It's not going to be that simple because your tax returns are very private. They've got a lot of information on it not just maybe what someone wants to see, correct? So I want to see your tax because I want to see how much money you made, right? Well, that's well and good, but if you're married, they shouldn't see your wife's uh, information or your spouse's, correct? So you start to have to redact it, the information, right? Well, pretty soon you've 
redacted almost all of it other than what somebody wants. Mm -hmm. Well, the better way to get that information in a court of law would be just show you your pay stubs, right? Just show financial statements, but don't touch my tax return information. And the judges know this. So they're, they're, it's not simple to say I want tax returns because it's private. No, a lot like medical information and other stuff, so other types of private information. So in Florida, when you get into discovery, for example, you might have this hurdle to clear on whether it's personal financial information of a kind that is not going to be relevant in the proceedings because there's better information, more acute information that you can get at. Correct? Your pay stubs instead. You see what I'm saying? Sure. Because... You may not report it accurately, or you may have a complex return that confuses the issue, or there may be more in there than necessary. Correct? Mm -hmm. And when you have a 55-page return, right, or in all these schedules, should you dump that in front of a court for a, to a party and let them comb through it and have a good time of it? Nope. All right. So at least the argument is, right? So hopefully this is the kind of thing our audience will appreciate um, what it means to get at this sensitive information. Mm -hmm. And again, what we're talking about here is the 4506 giving you the opportunity privately to make sure your return is correct or that you, you know, that that K1 you've got is accurate. Okay. Oh, and let me, let me add another point to it. Um, it's not just the return that you might be able to get. There's another form called a 4506 T and that's for transcript information. Mm -hmm. And you can get the transcript and some underlying information. And what I have found over the years is we can get at ledgers and things like this and a lot of information that, and sometimes it's in code. Sometimes it's got codes that you won't be able to decipher, but we can get the codes and then decipher what, what, what's going on. So that, that, that can get interesting. So it's almost like we can do the forensic analysis mm -hmm based on what we can get under the Freedom of Information Act to then discern what happened when folks might otherwise think that it's obscure or not there or not in the public domain. Interesting. So you have to always have to have 4506 with 4506-T? No, 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 no. Only you, you may just want the return. You may not want the transcript okay. information. You may not be able to get it because there are some restrictions on whether you can get um, details of a return mm -hmm. that are, you know, if you're one step removed. So this is a, this is some, some definitions in this about what you can or can't. Mm -hmm. I just want people to know that if you want the underlying information, transcript information, uh, this kind of thing, um, you can go into this process by using a form. And, and by the way, when you go to get your tax return copies and stuff, you'll pay. <laughs> There's a user fee for each return. It's 40 some dollars uh, that is the current user fee. But the government certainly is, re it's certainly reasonable for that, that process to require uh, a user fee to be paid for the return. And, and if they can't find the return, uh, they'll refund that money. I see. Okay, well, uh, folks, uh, that brings us to the end of the episode, but don't let anyone tell you, go pound sand, that's for sure, and think about 4506, form 4506, or if you want transcript, like you said, yeah, give it a shot. And, um, and again, and, and, and when you have this information that's private, then get to the legal advisor you need 
to talk confidentially about the ramifications of what you see or what you're doing, or even uh, consider using an attorney to assist you in this process to protect that you're doing it lawfully. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Okay. An yep. attorney, expert attorney like T. Scott Tufts, you can call him at 877-647-7887 or you can email him at any time, stufts at cplspa.com. That's stufts at cplspa.com. You can visit the website, cplspa.com. Go to his profile. You have all our episodes if you have any questions. But if you still need some help, please don't hesitate to call us and email him and we'll be right there to help you thank you and have a great day